1: Remember, Broncos
0: country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being.
1: Welcome in, y'all. Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, when we hopped off the uh, mic last night, we we're like, hey, it's going to be a busy night tomorrow night, guys. Come correct. It's going to be dope. No cuts. No further cuts. Now, yesterday, the Broncos cut five players, four waivers, one release, including Kendall Hinton, including Isaiah Prince, who was the one singular release. Today, nothing. So that's going to come. That's going to be tomorrow morning, the Tuesday morning show, Broncos for breakfast and building the Broncos. They're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. But what's the news? You have this article for us, for people who've been grinding at work all day, not quite aware of this. What's going on with Kwan Williams?
2: About the cuts, yeah. They're going to have to make about 33 tomorrow to get down to the maximum of 53. So it's going to be a busy day in Dove Valley. And, of course, we're not podcasting that night like usual. What else is new? About K-1, we got off the podcast also last night saying that, saying Bassey deserves to make the 53 even as a reserve behind K-1 as the starting nickelback. Well, saying Bassey now is guaranteed to make the 53 because K-1 – underwent ankle surgery today in North Carolina, according to Mike Cliss of Nine News. Uh, it's looking like now short-term IR is a certainty for K-1, and it's uh, about a six- to eight-week recovery, so he should be back at some point this year, but he went from resting and rehabbing that ankle after getting a second opinion with the goal of playing in week one to now being gone for maybe half the year. It's a very unfortunate development because, as you know, Chad, as most Broncos fans know, he is arguably the most underrated member of this defense, one of the game's best slot cornerbacks, and going from him to Aseng Bassi is a downgrade.
1: I just realized I was given pepperoni dog treats, a total advertisement just barely, inadvertent. An inadvertent advert, as the, uh, the Brits call them, adverts. Yeah, dude, it's a bummer. It's a bummer because when he's on the field, Kwan Williams brings just a really interesting physical presence that just, I mean, you look at some of the really good nickel corners the Broncos have had, let's say, over the last decade from the best one, obviously, Chris Harris Jr. He was a solid tackler, but I wouldn't necessarily think of him, Zach, as like a physical presence in the, in the slot. He could cover smaller cor- uh, wide receivers and do it well. He could play on the boundary, do it well. Uh, but Kwan Bryce Callahan's another one, but he was more of a cover your guy, um, cover those smaller slot guys and do it well. Kwan can do all those things for the most part well, and he can tackle like a linebacker, and he has a little bit of a pass rush um, upside to him as well. So it's a it's a setback, but he's so he's such an injury prone player. I mean, if you look at his career, he always has been yeah. that. Yeah, I wasn't really banking on Kwan being available for, you know, maybe more than 50% of the season anyway.
2: Yeah, he's never played a full NFL season. He missed um I think 2 or 3 games in 2022 with that hand ligament injury whatever it was and you mentioned his uh his qualities, he's also pretty tough. He played with that massive cast on his hand after the injury and uh looked no worse for wear. Um again, he'll be back so it's not like he's gone for the year, but it's just a little Shocking. And it's a little perplexing that it went from week one to now short term IR. I wonder why he waited so long to have the operation. I wonder if it was worse than the Broncos were letting on. It's just another unfortunate injury development in Dove Valley.
1: We've got David McElrath, aka the Papa Bear, as he is known. Great to see you tonight, brother. Hope you're doing well. He's saying good evening to everybody 12 and 5, Buckham times three with a B. MHH for life, done Bronx for life. Thoughts and prayers still going up to you and yours, David, after that that uh, tragic, unfortunate loss in your family and uh, the stuff that you and I have been talking about privately in our little DM. Thoughts and prayers up to you, my dog. And thank you once again. And also, a former veteran, not former, a veteran of United States military. So we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, keep your chin up, big dog. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much, David, as always. And him indeed. Uh, We also have Drake Wally in the house, checking in from Colts land. Good to see you, Drake. Drake. Also, fellow podcaster. He's got his own show that that they do over there on the Colts site on Horseshoe Huddle. He says, does Drake, and thank you for the super bro. He says, hello, my dudes. I know JT's name, Jonathan Taylor, been floated around Denver, but I love the Samaj P. Ryan, Javante Williams combo. You guys confident in this combo in the backfield? I know Williams has uh, the injuries, but he's a dog. What's your answer for Drake? Yeah, I know Drake covers the Colts, but he's more rational
2: about this topic than some Broncos fans. Of course, Jonathan Taylor is a great running back, and any team would be better with him on the field in their huddle. But the Broncos already have two good runners, as you point out here, in Samaje and, and, and Pookie Williams. And you add in Jaleel McLaughlin, who, by the way, had uh, more touchdowns in the preseason, four, than any other player in the NFL. You put all those three running backs together, and that is a multifaceted, uh, flexible dual threat backfield that you could do a lot of damage with. So I'm cool with keeping the draft picks. I'm cool with keeping the money that they would spend on Jonathan Taylor's next contract. And I'm cool with keeping Williams and P Ryan in Denver, because if they were to trade for JT, I have a feeling that either one of Pookie or P Ryan would be involved in that deal. So don't fix what's not broken is how I feel about it.
1: I would be more amenable to the idea of giving up a little something, something, for Jonathan Taylor, if Pookie's recovery was not basically so ahead of schedule, I mean, near miraculous is the best way to describe it. He looked good in that preseason, his preseason debut. Uh, what was it? Was it game two, San Francisco, or was it the first game? It was game two. Yeah, game two. He looked like you know he was putting off a shaking off a little bit of rust, but like that physical, fearless way that he runs, looking to inflict the the contact catching passes out of the backfield, catching passes uh, split out wide, like to see him maybe uh, do a little bit better job catching screens as Sean Payton would uh, emphasize, but it's a, it's a really solid combo and one of the most exciting aspects of it, which is why you don't need to give up the house to go get Jonathan Taylor. But one of the most exciting aspects of this combo is it's, it's, you know, they've produced about this much, relative to their potential in the NFL and a lot of times being able to reach your potential in the NFL or in any uh, case is having the opportunity and both these guys this year they're getting the full unencumbered opportunity to start grasping at that potential and we don't know what the limits of that are going to be and I can't wait to see how it shakes out.
2: I mean yeah you have Piron, who is a running back one in waiting as your backup, you have Pookie coming back a hundred percent. And as Drake said, he's a dog. And then you throw in the, the rookie surgeons in Jaleel McLaughlin, giving something to the Broncos they don't already have in the aforementioned two, that speed, that home run hitting ability, that game breaking magnitude. Again, you put all those three together. Why would you want another player in that backfield?
1: Thomas, what's up, man? Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I don't understand the hype behind getting Jonathan Taylor. It doesn't seem like something that's needed on this roster currently. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking more wide receiver, not running back. Thoughts? Appreciate you guys a ton. Yeah, we we just spent a lot of time on this topic, but if you're going to um, talk about the outlay of additional resources as a team, whether it's draft picks, Zach, or contracts, or paying someone, the emphasis shouldn't be on running back right now based on mm-hmm. a rel uh, maybe maybe it'd be a bridge too far Zach to call it an embarrassment of riches just be the Broncos have a running back just because we don't know quite yet exactly Pookie's outlook with his knee but I think he's going to be fine but still it's a really solid group meanwhile bodies dropping left and right at wide receiver since training camp started save those resources or use those resources on that but you know we know sean payton seems to really like brandon johnson it looks like lil jordan humphrey earned himself a spot so there's your top five when you factor in Cortland sutton uh jerry judy marvin mims and then hey don't look a gift horse in the mouth hold on to albert okawabunam and use him like jimmy graham you know interchangeably with with greg Dulcich and reap the rewards listen we all know it's way more fun to be there live for denver broncos football and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change... Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos.
2: You know, Derek Barnett's available from Philadelphia, defensive end. I'd rather the Broncos trade for him, you know. Uh, Desmond King, the veteran slot corner, got released by Houston today. I'd rather the Broncos put money toward him. These are positions and players that would be necessities, not luxuries. Running back right now, especially a running back like JT, would be the ultimate luxury move that would be borderline irresponsible for the Broncos to make, Chad.
1: We have the uh, wonderlick creator here, Ted, in the house again. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, a bit late, I know, but I looked it up, and the Broncos, 41-0 win versus the Rams, tied for the most lopsided NFL preseason game since 1997. Interesting. Ponder the historical significance, Zach, of Sean Payton's debut as Denver Broncos head coach at home, albeit in the preseason translates to the most lopsided uh, victory or score for a in the in the nfl preseason since 1997 like if that's not a positive harbinger that's not a an omen that you want to get behind i don't know what else you could have hoped to have seen in this preseason
2: well let's compare the last two matchups versus the rams i know one's preseason one's regular season but christmas day last year under nathaniel hackett what was it 51 to 14 final This year, under Sean Payton, 41-0 final. I'm not reading too much into it. It is preseason, but as we talked about yesterday, you see the the wheels starting to turn. You see the team starting to take shape and buy into the culture that Sean Payton
1: is laying out, and uh, I'm pumped. Appreciate you, Ted. Uh, Real quick, Scott, I want to take just a couple seconds here for some matters of business. Remind everybody, smash the like button. Kindly, kindly smash the like button. Help us out. It goes a long way. And we've been talking about this on Facebook, all right? You guys helped us get the Mile High Huddle podcast page. Over 10,000 followers, and we really appreciate you. And we've been telling you that we're going to do something special as a a reward. And we're going to announce that right now. It's really, really fun. We're excited. It's going to be dope Thursday night. So Zach and I, we're off Tuesday night. We're off Wednesday night. We're back. Thursday night, and joining us for that show will be Super Bowl 50 champion TJ Ward. It's gonna be dope. That's our give back to you guys. That's our thank you for helping us cross the 10K milestone. So get your get your super chats ready for that night because TJ is down to take your questions, and uh, it's gonna be fun. So that little matter of business out of the way. Look forward to Thursday night. It's gonna be absolutely dope. Uh, okay. Unique prepping, Smouse in the house. We all know who it is. Much love, Zach. Hope you're doing well, buddy. He says, "Let's go." Sure, we are one and two in the preseason, but I really believe we have plays that we wouldn't want to show off. Hashtag Buckham. Yeah, exactly. People jump into so many different conclusions based on uh, whatever it is. You know, fifty total, less than fifty plays that the ones ran, Zach, in the in the preseason, none of which are going to be the core, like, creative, fun stuff that he's going to try to throw out there to stump opponents. So we're just scratching the surface. Again, go off the vibe and the precedent and the energy and Mm -hmm. the harbinger of how this preseason concluded. You want to talk about punctuating a a summer. Sean Payton did it with aplomb. Not to mention
2: uh – their two losses were by a combined two points. They were in all of those games and it came down to the wire. And, you know, if things broke a certain way, they'd be three and zero. but I don't really care about records in preseason. Like Chad was talking about. And as we've illustrated, even during those losses, you have to take into account the whole picture, not just the stats, not the box score, not the record, how the team is progressing, how the offense is progressing, how Russell Wilson has looked and how the defense has come together. Those were the big question marks for me entering training camp the preseason and they've answered a lot of them so far
1: well said miguel migs 88 as he goes by on uh, on twitter x whatever you want to call it great to see you tonight bro thank you for the support he says what's up fellas should the broncos look to the draft for a nickel corner the past two retreads are just way too injury prone that's true when you talk about uh bryce callahan now kwan uh do you go to the draft for a nickel because Hey, Isang bassy maybe could be something with more time on task. He's going to get that opportunity. I mean, this the injury situation Zach for Williams. Well, and I'll let you answer Miguel straight up. But the injury situation for Williams actually creates opportunity for more than one guy on that cornerback depth chart. It's just it's not just bassy It's uh, we'll see as, as soon as Riley Moss gets back. It's Jaquan McMillian. Though that trio has an opportunity to start getting some first team reps and a lot of them. I think Bassey gets the first bite of that apple, but he's not the only one that stands to benefit potentially from what's happening. Yeah. Bassey will be the starter. And uh, when Riley Moss
2: comes back and gets into the swing of things, he'll be competing mm-hmm. there as well. But remember he's coming off core muscle surgery. So he's going to be behind the eight ball physically in the short term. I would want the Broncos to maybe explore an out of house option. I mentioned Desmond King from Houston, really solid veteran nickel who can come in right away. And play some serious snaps in the long term. I agree with the uh, with the question here or what it's uh, you know implying. They have to start thinking about restocking that cupboard. They've tried the veteran free agent route with Callahan and K-1. It's worked out when it's worked out, but you know availability is the best ability. And those two players have been just decimated by injury and their injury jackets. So I think in the draft next year, to answer the question directly, uh, they will target that position.
1: I mean, props to Kwan playing with the club and whatnot last year, so he could stay on the field. But man, if you're having to bend over backwards like that to overcome an injury just to be on the field, it's a little bit. It can be a little bit of a liability, not just in your ability to wrap up and use your fingers. I mean, think about how much of your, you know, your strength when you talk about your hands, your arms, etc. How much of that is actually in your grip? And he was, he only had one of those. Anyway, Mike, what's up, dude? The Ronk in the house throwing down so uh showing some love some support always great to see you mike in the in the chat tonight hope you're doing well by the way uh your thoughts mike tell us patriots they cut corliss waitman today the the left-footed punter you know a lot of those guys tend to have a decent outlook if if you're uh, on a bill belichick 90-man roster but uh, he couldn't cut it by the way also tyree Cleveland cut by the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of former Broncos being shown the door by new teams Uh, Andrew Lampy in the house what's up dude good to see you some stars on Facebook Uh, this is a longtime member of our community Uh, really great to see you tonight Andrew hope you're doing well too bud
2: yeah but pass on Tyree and uh, definitely pass on Corliss Waitman I'm a big fan (laughs) of Riley Dixon Chad and I think he'll hold it down
1: Jasmine what's going on what's up right back at you Hope you're doing well. Phenomenal to see in the chat tonight. I really appreciate just how supportive you've been uh, to MHH, all the different shows lately. It just means a lot to us, so thank you. Uh, Drake with number two tonight. Yo, he's saying, Zach also had a tweet referencing Cortland Sutton needing to be bubble-wrapped. That made me laugh very hard. All seriousness, how bad is Jerry Judy's injury, and are you concerned with the wide receiver core, Zach? I think there's an overwhelming feeling now that Jerry Judy will only
2: miss one game and come back for week two against Miami. And um, I wouldn't want the Broncos to rush him back. Certainly hamstrings are nothing to play with. They are so uh, easily re aggravated and they they take a long time to rehab and he is the Broncos best receiver. So some caution here is required, but it's not a long-term issue. And as we talked about last night, Drake on the podcast, them cunning Kendall Hinton and like three other receivers, I think was a decent sign that they're not overly concerned with Judy's injury. Obviously again, hamstrings are, uh, concerning on their own, but it's, it wasn't a serious tear. It was a moderate injury that he'll be back with uh, in due time.
1: Plus it's encouraging Gary. What's up, bro. The swashbuckler jumping in with the super saying, Hey guys, sorry, I'm late. We have power issues here. 118 degrees. Yeah. Those, uh, those demands on the grid tend to, uh, at times, create problems. Well, try to stay cool, big dog. Try to stay cool. I know it's not easy in, in your neck of the woods in the desert, that close to, uh, the U.S. Mexico border. So thank you for checking in, though, brother. Um, I forgot. Oh, I know what I was gonna say, um, the Broncos. Look, when you talk about Jerry Judy, is it a bummer he got hurt? Absolutely, of course. Duh obviously but one encouraging component to just judy alone zach is came back from a a injury last year and went on a freaking tear from hell produced that final six games of the 2022 season were easily not only the best of his career but like approaching elite caliber production that was coming off a little bit of time away recharged comes back boom Russ was like, yo, where have you been my whole life? I've been trying to make it work with this Sutton guy, and we're just different people, you know? <laughs> um, hopefully some of that's changed too because relative to Russ and Sutton, because they're going to have to figure out how to make some some lemonade in the, in the short term, I really feel a lot more confident about the possibility of that, you know, whatever was kind of interrupting their signal together, not quite, it's not to say that they never made plays. They made some plays together, don't get me wrong. But Russ was force-feeding him Right. It just was off. you know. It just wasn't quite smooth, but I like the idea of it being able to finally kind of get on the same page and get that cohesion when you have Sean Payton there, not only calling plays but emphasizing the right things in film study with these guys and all those little influences that trickle down to every aspect of it. So I'm not that worried, to be honest with you, Zach, about this receiving core, and especially we talked a little bit about this earlier too, the fact that you have two – very good young pass catching tight ends also on the roster that you can throw out there that, you know, we joked on this show before there, are they tight ends or are they big wideouts? I mean, Greg Dulcich and Albert Okawabana.
2: Yeah, I fully agree with you. Very well said about um, Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sean Payton's also designing the plays and that's a big issue. I think last season with Hackett and Justin Outen in charge. Yeah. They were force feeding Cortland Sutton and you want your, your alpha receiver to get the ball. But half of the time, or a majority of the time, Cortland Sutton wasn't open because the scheme wasn't getting him open. He didn't have that fight, and the plays were just uh, bunk. This year, I think Sean Payton will find ways to get Cortland Sutton one-on-one or give him um, some space to work with. And when Russ starts feeding him the ball, he'll make those catches. When he makes those catches, he'll start to make some plays. So I'm not worried either.
1: Kenny, what's up, dude? Great to see you. Appreciate the super chat. You've been coming on strong lately, bro. It's so cool to see. We It means a lot to us. He says, my thing with Jonathan Taylor is he wants the bag. Why would the Broncos pay the bag when we have Pookie on a rookie deal? I agree with Zach. It's a waste of time to get Taylor with the three-headed monster we have. Yes, amen to that, brother. You're uh, preaching to the converted over here, my dog. Well said even if the
2: Broncos didn't have McLaughlin um, breaking out I still wouldn't want Denver to go after JT it just doesn't make fiscal sense it doesn't make personnel sense and again unless he's included in the deal and even if he is it'd be a slap in the face to Javante for the time and the effort and the blood sweat and tears he put in to get back to 100% when most people thought including myself he wouldn't even play this season so don't Again, don't fix what's not broken. The Broncos have a very, very, very good backfield. They
1: don't need Jonathan Taylor, just like they didn't need Dalvin Cook, Chad. Well said. Well said. Thanks again, Kenny. Um, oh, and here, thanks again, again, Kenny. Okay. Says, I think a saying Bassey will be the answer to the nickel corner. He's killing it right now. Maybe Riley Moss. Yes, it's possible. Again, opportunity knocks for for everybody that uh, showed a propensity for the, for the slot and moss is one of those guys i mean one of the things about him was coming out of iowa is like hey is he going to be safety because you know remember the whole semi-controversial are you talking about white corner sean payton thing right draft a, going on the anecdote about jason Seahorn and all that a lot of people saying no nah, he's going to end up playing some safety in the league well you can't play one of the reasons for that is his physical tenacity willingness to tackle and hit like He's a guy. If you guys can remember some of his remarks from rookie minicamp, I'll paraphrase. But he relishes tackling. He relishes mixing it up uh, in those opportunities to whether it's a receiver just caught a ball, go go wrap him up. Whether it's a running back, you got to figure out how to knife through, get off a block, go make the tackle. He loves that stuff, which gives him, I think, Zach a little bit of a a little bit of a. Um, not a leg up because he's hurt right now, but it could give him an advantage for that slot opening. Because again, he also represents a third round investment by this team. So if he can get healthy sooner than later and get on the field, he could end up really taking that away from Isang saying yeah.
2: Um
1: sometime in the first quarter of the season. But at the same time, last thing and I'm going to serve it back. Isang showed that, you know, it's not just luck this, this summer in the preseason. Like, You could argue a couple lucky things happened to him with those picks, but to come away with an interception in each preseason game, we don't believe in coincidence. It's not a coincidence. He's not just lucky. It's not just happenstance. That dude knows what he's doing. And it could be Zach that he's finally kind of, you know, everybody has their developmental curve. Everybody has that ramp up and he could be hitting his own kind of NFL career um, critical mass as a college, former college free agent.
2: I haven't been the biggest fan of Isang Bassi during his time with the Broncos. I always thought he was a jag, so I'll eat a little crow. I'll have like a feather, but I'm saving the breast meat, Chad, for when Isang Bassi performs like this in the regular season. It's one thing to do it in exhibition play. It's another thing to do it when the bullets start flying for real. If he does that, and I hope he does, I'll say I was wrong. Um, with Riley Moss, it reminds me of the situation that Drew Sanders finds himself in. Obviously, a future starter who the Broncos have big plans for, but he's stuck for now behind two entrenched veterans, or at least entrenched players, and he, they can work him in slowly. But that's the beauty of the George Payton draft experience. A lot of people knocked him for drafting Riley Moss, but his foresight, he didn't know it, but it worked out well. K1 Williams goes down. He was knocked for drafting Marvin Mims, trading up for him. What to Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy go down. So I'm appreciative that George Payton drafted who he drafted because they're going to need these players. They're going to play heavy snaps, whether from week one or week eight, week whatever on.
1: Phil, brother in Tucson, proving... Broncos country, not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. It's wherever you are. That's where Phil is. Appreciate you, bro. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. I heard that Virgil and DeMontre had injuries. How long are they out? So Jalen Virgil, he's done for the he's season. For that That'd put him on, on IR. He's done. Uh, what have you heard about DeMontre, Zach? He had uh a hand
2: and an ankle or some sort of combinations of injuries coming out of or an ankle and a, and a knee, something like that, uh, coming out of the preseason finale. Um, he's going to be down for a few weeks, which complicates his roster status. I don't think he was going to make the 53, but you know he might be a practice squad guy down the road. But he's um, going to be down for a little bit, but healthy at some point in the first quarter of the
1: year. Scott, dude throwing down on facebook with thank some you, massive big boy stars man we really appreciate you bro he says uh i love listening to your bronco intelligence you guys are awesome thank you bro appreciate that very kind of you uh, we we try we have a lot of fun with this though too so it's like we try yes of course we put our best foot forward but zach it doesn't really we don't really have to try that hard because you and mm-hmm. i've been together for so long it's just like you know, the rhythms of, of the conversation when it's your turn to talk, you know, all those things. And you guys help make it fun. So fun for us. It's like addictively fun. So thank you, bud.
2: I don't even think about it anymore. It's like waking up, getting a cup of coffee and doing a podcast. It, it's become that second nature for both of us. And you guys have made it like Chad
1: was saying that way. So we should be thanking you, Scott, and everybody else. I'll give you a little inside baseball anecdote. Jonathan, hang tight. Just one sec. When I very first started doing pods, all right, so the first time was the 2015 season, and I did that podcast with uh, Brandon Perna and uh, Jake Marsing, who's no longer in the biz, but Brandon Perna, of course, one of the founding members of the Mile High Huddle staff when I first started the site. Anyway, and then after that season, you know, Brandon's uh, YouTube blew up, so I'm like, dude, go do that. Go, like, give that your – Jake, he went on to do other things anyway, but I'm like, I got to have a podcast. So one thing about that podcast is I just showed up. Like I didn't have to plan anything. Jake kind of just ran it for us and then we would get on and talk. So Zach, I had to figure out all those little things, how to record, how to do the da, 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 And, uh, I can remember like writing these long rundowns, dude, literally like spending four or five times as long as it would take me to write, say an article. All right putting this rundown together and then like getting together with you for example by the time you and i got together we had our rundowns but they weren't as by that point i'd kind of streamlined it a little bit i kind of figured things out obviously that was about three years later but uh i can remember just like reading some things verbatim like not even knowing what i was doing dude like finally the dawned on me dude just have your bullet points your things you want to talk about and talk and then we eventually translated that zach to the live show and here we are but that's That's a that's the growing process for us, just like Isang Bassi reached, you know, hopefully he's reaching his critical mass. Our critical mass was like September of 2019 when we had the Ding Dong idea to do these as live streams. That was our critical mess. I remember getting those
2: Google doc rundowns and they would be to your credit, very streamlined, mm-hmm. but it took away, I think the personality yep. of what we bring to the table. And, and right. now we just, we free form and we just talk and we're talking football and we're, we're making a career out of it. So we're very appreciative and blessed for that.
1: All right, let's get him. Jonathan, thank you for your patience, brother. He says, and thank you for the super. He says one thing is for sure with the injuries and the cuts Peyton plans to run the ball in two tight end sets. What do you guys think? Thank you for what you guys do with the updates. Beat the Raiders, amen to that. No, that's the word on the street, bro. Is um, and it's been word on the street from the moment he he sat down in Denver as the new head coach, is that, hey, I got to fix Russ. One of the ways I go about doing that is no more, you know, dropping back to pass, you know, at a seventy to thirty clip uh, compared to the run. Like we're gonna make it balanced in more ways than one. We're gonna build up that offensive line. We're gonna really emphasize the run. And you look at the Broncos, the horses they have up front, you know, it's an improved O-line, but we haven't, Zach, really seen it come out in the wash yet because of injuries and preseason. And, you know, Ben Powers didn't look very good. So one of the ways that are, we've, we've been hearing for a long time and we're seeing it hints of it in the preseason, Zach, is that they're going to use a lot of these two tight end sets, 12 personnel, where, you know, they're going to run the freaking ball and they're going to use those sets to run play action and catch defenses sleeping so to speak which is why these tight ends really have to be at least zach plausible blockers because mm-hmm. when you get say here's an example and then i'm gonna serve it back to you when you're fortunate enough on first down to have picked up say seven yards with javante williams on a handoff all right now you got a second and three this is prime opportunity to take a shot right because you you have a less to lose knowing that if it doesn't work, third and three is very gettable. So oftentimes you'll see teams on second threes, second fours, stuff like second twos. They'll take a little shot there, but they'll stay out of their whatever their base package is because they want them assuming, hey, it's a short to go, so we're going to go ahead and run it again. And in those situations, dude, you got to have a, a blockers, the tight ends who can block. Yes, but both those guys, if you can, have them also be like bad a receivers man you could you could really make some hay in a sean payton offense so we'll see you know how vic
2: fangio said tackling is non-negotiable well in a sean payton offense blocking for a tight end is non-negotiable you got to do it and to albert o's credit his blocking has improved tenfold from what we've seen the last couple seasons. I mean, in that 49ers game, he was literally pancaking fools uh, and opening up running lanes for McLaughlin and company. But That's the beauty of having these uh, multifaceted weapons. If you have two pass catchers and two primary run blockers, let's say you have uh, Manhurts and Dulcich on the field or Alberto and Troutman on the field. Both of those guys can do Everything. It could be a run or it could be a pass. The, the mystery, the intrigue, the different plays that you can run, the sets, it's going to keep defenses guessing. And that's why I agree with you. Don't cut off your nose despite it. Keep Albert O on this 53.
1: Of his blocking, this is what Albert O said Saturday night after he put up 109 receiving yards on seven receptions and a tutty. This is what he said about his blocking. Quote, that's one thing I've been focusing on, and that translated from practice to the game. Still not perfect, but it is definitely an area of my game that I've been improving on. So if he, Zach, believes he's improved, mm-hmm. all right, I think it's more than just him believing it. It's because he's being told that by his coaches. He's, that's being emphasized in film study and stuff. Like, you're showing some progress here, Albert, which is another reason why, like, you know, Eric was writing – I can't remember which article it was. Oh, it was the grades article today, grading the veteran performances uh, in uh, preseason game three that Broncos played Albert O 46 snaps because they were shopping him. It was a, you know, Hey guys, check out what we have in the event that they might want to trade him. I think they would be absolute fools though. If, if there is any truth to that and it very well could be, they would be fools to look that gift horse in the mouth. Like Albert O talk about critical mass, you know, everybody's been waiting for three years now, for him to kind of turn that corner and mm-hmm. show us something, and between injuries and then getting in the doghouse with two different preceding coaching staffs, he's failed to launch completely. But this could be it, and we've seen him in those flashes. I mean, I get it, Zach. Saturday night was against twos, threes, etc., you know, whatever. But that was a complete performance, and it was dominant. That was it, was dominant. And I don't think if you were running him in those exact same moments, if it would have been against ones. I don't think the result would have been any different. He needs to be on this team.
2: You're right about that because he has this different attitude about him, doesn't he? He has this motivation and this uh, this tenacity that we haven't seen from Alberto. The only way I would consider trading him is if the Broncos got back the same draft pick they used to draft him, which was a fourth-round pick. But even then, would you rather have a uh, a red zone weapon, a really pure pass catcher who's still developing and hasn't even scraped his ceiling or a mid-round pick. It's there's two questions about Alberto. Okay. One was his blocking, obviously. And again, his blocking has improved dramatically. The film doesn't lie. The other were his hands inconsistent, drop Cs, this and that, butterfingers. He made catch after catch after catch on Saturday against Los Angeles, and those weren't routine catches. He had that one-handed grab where he was diving. That's a tough snag for anyone to make. He just wants it this year, Chad. He he wants his spot. He wants to finally turn the corner, and I think having that elite coaching staff that's unlocking his potential has made him that motivated.
1: Definitely. Shout out, Patrick, in Hawaii, bro. Great to see you. Aloha right back at you. Hope you're okay with everything that's been going on there, my friend. Naj, a legendary, mythical, pivotal figure in the MHH community. Can't wait to see you in a couple of months' time, dude. Seriously, I say that every time you, you jump in, but I'm serious about that. And this time, you got to come spend some time with us. You know what I'm saying? I know you've spent time, some time with us before, but, like, come spend some time with us, all right? Hey, bros, he says, what makes this season particularly exciting is all the uh, all of the possible redemption stories on this roster, none bigger than Russell Wilson. I put Sutton in there, Javante, Bowles, Gregory, motivation will be high. Indeed, Zach, when it comes to, <coughs> pardon me, bona fide, like, comeback player of the year, accolade potential, Broncos do have two bonafide guys in Russ and Javante. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, for what it's worth, comeback player of the year, as evidenced by uh, recent accolades that have been handed out in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) exactly. doesn't have to be, though, a player coming off injury, like Peyton Manning, for example, when he won it in Denver, his first year, 2012. Should have been MVP, but went to that Herculean season from Adrian Peterson. I digress. Sutton... We'll see if he if he has like an iconic caliber, like return to 2019 form could be in a conversation for that. But Russ and Javante in particular are bona fide comeback candidates. Bowles and Gregory, though. Yes, very much. The redemption arc, especially if Gregory can stay on the field, man, like we still don't know what that looks like. Him being on the field for a full season and what kind of production and impact that could that could uh, offer the Broncos. We'll see. Russ is certainly a candidate to win it. Unfortunately, it
2: would uh, happen this season. And if DeMar Hamlin from Buffalo takes even one snap, which he will, he's going to win the award. They should just rename it to the DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year Award. Um, There's other smaller storylines. You can talk about Frank Clark getting cut from a Super Bowl winner like Kansas City coming to a rival, now trying to not resurrect his career, but continue on in that twilight. But how about Sean Payton? Coming out of retirement, he was working as a Fox analyst. He still has this tag of Bounty Gate hanging over his head from a decade ago, and he came to Denver, the I think one of, if not the biggest laughingstock of the NFL. He's been clowned for that. He's been criticized already that he's not going to get anything from Russ, that Russ is washed, eight and nine incoming, yada, yada. He has his own, plenty of it, bulletin board material in Denver.
1: Ronnie Ray in the house. What's up, bro. Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, Connect with us. This goes for everybody, by the way, especially super chat superstars and and star supporters on Facebook. One of the best ways to connect with Zach and I and Scott keep the conversation going outside these streams is on Twitter. So connect with us on Twitter and do one of these in our mentions. If we're already connected, make sure we know who you are because the handles are so often different. Okay. And it's hard for us to know who's who Ronnie. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. With Alberto's performance and all the love for the other tight ends, what's the chance he makes this roster now? Yeah, what would you give it from like a percentage? You know, like 75%, 80%, 90? What would you say? Because I would put it, Zach, you know, hey, I've had to eat crow before. Won't, wouldn't be the first time if I have to on this. But I would say after that display, I would put it plus 80% that he's on the oh, roster. Man. Is that too bullish?
2: It's your opinion. I mean, I agree with you. I think he has better odds than not of making it. I mean, if you would have asked me when the first depth chart came out and he was like fifth string, I would have said negative 10%. If you would have asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said probably 20 or 30. You know, he wasn't long for Denver. I even said that on Twitter, those exact words. But now, how do you leave him off? It wasn't just the preseason game. He was dominating the Rams in joint practice. He's been really turning it on in the last couple weeks. And that's when you want these players to start rising to the occasion when things get serious and the calendar switches to September. So I'll go... I don't know, man. You just have so many people in front of Albert O, including two handpicked Sean Payton, tight ends. You have Nate Adkins, the undrafted rookie. I'll say 60-40, just to kind of hedge my bets.
1: Hey, Scott, do me a favor, because everything's been going good on this stream. I don't want to open up another tab. Google total number of tight ends the Saints carried on the opening, you know, out-of-camp roster in 2021, his last season as head coach. Uh, anyway, Ronnie, appreciate you, bro. And then uh, we've got here also Keith saying, not a geographical location here from Montana. Bro, I didn't realize you were in Montana. I thought you were a little bit, little bit closer, but still. That's that's definitely Bronco country. That's definitely. I mean, it is split a little bit. You get some of the Seahawks people in Montana, uh, because of its relative proximity, and also some of the broadcast stuff. You know that people see just turning on their channel two, their, you know, their Fox, their CBS, etc. But it's mainly Broncos country, Montana for sure. He says, if you could watch Hard Knocks Broncos 2017 through 2022, what year would you choose? So if there were a uh, hard knocks production, Zach, of the Broncos in one of those years. Which would you choose? I would probably, honestly, if not last year, I would I would maybe want to see 2020 because, you know, first of all, it was our most limited access year of all time because of the pandemic. But I want to see I would want to see some of those actual conversations Elway had with the league. When they punked the Broncos and, and tried to make an example out of them and disqualified all their quarterbacks against the Saints week 12. And just like some of those conversations Drew Locke was having with Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon and, you know, their purported deception, right, trying to hide what they were doing from the league, et cetera. I don't know. I'd probably say 2020.
2: I mean, last year is the obvious answer here. The arrival of Russell Wilson, the clown known as Nathaniel Hackett. If anything, it would have given us some entertainment looking back on it. We would have laughed before we all cried. Uh, My second choice would be 2021, if only because of the quarterback competition. I would like to see the behind the scenes of Teddy versus Drew and uh, how Vic Fangio was handling everything. I think that would make for pretty interesting TV, but last year for sure.
1: For what it's worth, this just in. Thank you, Scott. The 2021 new Orleans saints carried out of camp five wide receivers and count them four tight ends. And I bet you, I don't have this information in front of me, but I bet you, if you were to just do that each year of Sean Payton's 15, that he actually coached in new Orleans, I bet more often than not, they carried four. I bet that I don't know that, but I would bet that. What does that mean for our conversation? Well, we know who the top three were Zach going into the preseason finale because they didn't dress Troutman, Manhurts, Dulcich. That fourth spot was was a battle, but really between Alberto and Nate Adkins. Yeah, Tommy Hudson's trying to get on, in on that, but he just hasn't shown anything. And I think Alberto made it a non non conversation unless the Broncos got absolutely like blown out of the water with mm-hmm. a ridiculous trade offer. Which I just don't see happening because, as exciting as he was, you know, if I'm a GM around the league, going, "Ooh, I, I could use that tight end in my offense," do I really want to give up a ridiculous trade package for a yeah. guy who flashed in a preseason game? Absolutely not.
2: And also a guy who's been you know, notoriously inconsistent in his career. Um, it comes down to, like you said, uh, Alberto versus Nate Atkins. And I haven't seen enough from Atkins that would justify putting him on the 53. I know Sean Payton likes him. I know they've compared him to Andrew Beck. But he hasn't put it on film like Alberto has in the last couple of weeks. That's why he deserves that last spot.
1: The Triple C in the house, Colby C. Collier. And by the way, guys, we're at 44 minutes, so we got to go soon. Any burning topics, get it in the chat. Is week one, he asked, pretty much a must win to get us on the right track for this season? So there's a difference between is it a must win or is it a pretty much must win, right? Is it pretty much a must win? I would say it's – you could you could call it it's pretty much a must win. Is it a technical got-to-have must win or else? No, but it, it's a – really would be good to start start on the right foot and especially again you talk about the way this uh schedule zach is structured this year you gotta capitalize in that first Mm -hmm. quarter you gotta win the games you're supposed to win and traditionally sean payton teams win the games they're supposed to win that raiders game will be a game the broncos will be uh, expected to win and i think they will I think it's a figurative
2: must-win, not a literal must-win, to your point. And the same as week one of last year when the Broncos faced Seattle. If they lost that game, the season wasn't over, but just it set a bad precedent for the rest of the season, and that's you know what we saw happen. You can't hire Sean Payton, who's vowed to fix Russell Wilson. You're playing at home, de- debut, you know— late afternoon game, you're facing a rival that you haven't beaten in three years, whatever it is, you got to come out and and stamp your mark on the league. And you do that by beating your rival, by beating your former head coach, who's one of, if not the worst head coach in history. I mean, there's no way they should or can lose this game.
1: Javon saying, I've watched y'all for like four years. I remember when we had a disagreement about Mark Barron and y'all were right. (laughs) And I apologize. Man, I forgot he was even a Bronco, but stoked, bro, to have you with us that long, Javon. Thank you for sticking with us, seriously. Um, John Morton, days. what's that? Good old
2: days. The Mark Barron, the Kenny Young discussions that we would have because we were so desperate for an inside linebacker who can cover. Uh,
1: John, thank you, man. Appreciate you sh- uh, throwing down on Facebook. It's really nice to see you. I hope you've been well, my friend. Uh, another longtime member of our community. Um, he says here, I'm on uh fmla leave till november 6 meanwhile i'll get to watch broncos kick off the season and i believe we got a glimpse of what's coming in future days awesome dude great to hear great to hear enjoy that leave that's good for you and yes it's timely that your leave is is on this stretch of the calendar because you'll you'll get a chance to really spend as much time as you probably want watching broncos you know listening to podcasts watching stuff so, stoked for you. Thank you, John.
2: I think you're going to see some exciting and uh, winning Broncos football
1: this year, John. Okay. Uh, David, yes. You were there in the audience since 24-7. Weren't you maybe even there at Scout? I want to say you were, dude, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, Diamond Rattler. What's up, Diamond? Good to see you, bro. Creator of this this D. I wish I could hear I'll take it off. No, I'm going to leave it on Peyton for right now because Peyton's hand got broken by my little two-year-old Theo. And I don't want to show you a mortal, not mortally wounded, but a disfigured Peyton. Look <laughs> at that. Look at that golden right hand of his gone needs to be glued back on. I just haven't gotten around to it. You know, that's what, that's what you get for letting uh, two-year-olds play with your stuff. But this is what he made, dude. It's dope. It's dope beads, right? It's like, I don't know what it takes. Uh, leather kind of like i don't know it's dope it's a prized possession of mine i hope you i hope you know that uh diamond he says i don't uh what did he say i don't left i don't i don't left little don't left i'm not sure thank you chad for that album uh i think i know what you're talking about bridget gap appreciate you big dog seriously big supporter on that front really means a lot to me uh david love the show guys good evening from alabama broncos fan 40 plus years military vet retirement flag flown over Invesco. rad dude rad well uh yes thank you thank you for your service big dog seriously when we say that we mean that so thank you bro
2: thank you for your service and anyone who's uh served we talked to who was it earlier was david. it david david McElrath? yeah i appreciate your service anyone we're big
1: proponents of that on this podcast and uh we don't take it lightly uh okay zach i think we've got Pretty much everything that was burning. Let's maybe uh hold on. There's one from uh let's grab Mike here. Do you guys think the Broncos will look at another kicker if Brett Marr starts missing extra points or field goals in the regular season? My answer to that is yes, Zach. But what what say you? Oh yeah, yeah. If he, under the if auspice, right?
2: Of course, yeah. I mean, he's on pretty decent ice for now, but it'll be extremely thin if he starts regressing to that Cowboys Maher, you know, missing extra points. He settled down to his credit after the opener, and I think they'll roll with him to start the year. But judging by Sean Payton's history, I mean, he was changing kickers like he changed underwear with the Saints, and that's not going to stop in Denver.
1: Well said. Uh, Zeus, we got Zeus in the house jumping in on Facebook. The uh, first face etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore Super Chat Superstar. You know this, Stu. Stu. Great to see you tonight, bro. Hope you're doing well. Um, and I got to just grab this real quick. People saying, you know, the Broncos Raiders kicking off the season. I'm getting Cutler vibes and stuff. And Orange Bucky saying, I had more of a plumber flashback. But one of my one of my favorite memories was, was it 08? That, uh, I think it was, 08. Broncos opened up with the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Great game. Broncos got the win. I want to say it was week two that season. Was the uh, controversial home Victory over the Philip Rivers led San Diego Chargers where Shannon called two, uh, two point in the in the clutch, right? When the Broncos uh field goal or extra point, pardon me. There was under a minute to go. Drive down, get the touchdown. Could have tied it uh with the with the extra point, but Shannon goes no two. They converted, but there was a controversy because of the Cutler sitch. But those were good times. I loved the Cutler Shanahan. Era, what it could have been, but it just they uh collapsed those this down the stretch, and Shanny got shown the door. But anyway, guys, we're out of time. Love you guys, appreciate you. Another tremendous episode, guys and gals
2: of the MHH Podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, including Buckham merchandise, check it out, mhhmerch.com. Also, leave us a like at facebook.com slash Pod. Helps us out a lot. Also, follow us on Instagram if you're there at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single freaking month. But if anything, guys, please subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just
1: like you. Well said. Dude, I just realized you can see another little Peyton Manning in the corner of my screen right there. You see him? He's a little like, uh, what do they call those McFarland figures? I've got a grip of them that I put right here on this little like sh- table shelf because i'm trying to get my son theo to play with that stuff instead of trying to play with peyton who's turned out to be a little bit more fragile but you can see peyton there too wild wild stuff hey shout out i see uh nick hale jumping in late good to see you bro love you guys shout out and respect uh to these great super chat superstars and supporters tonight david McElrath, keep your chin up bro Uh, drake wally thank you bud thomas ted uh smouse in the house GLP, Kenny, Jonathan, Naj, legendary mythical figure, Ronnie, Diamond Rattler, OG. On Facebook, Miguel, Mike, the Ronk, Andrew, Phil, Scott, throwing down, Keith, the Triple C, Colby, Zeus, John, David, uh, David Hicks. Much love and respect, you guys. Don't forget, Thursday night is going to be dope. TJ Ward, yay, yay. Uh, him of the uh, Super Bowl 50 no-fly zone fame is going to join us. It's going to be a really, really fun conversation, so get your Super Chats ready for that. He's down to take some questions. And then tomorrow, keep it locked with us. Zach and I are going to be firing off the, all the news articles on the cuts as they're coming. Tuesday morning, uh, you got Broncos for breakfast. You might have some news there. Uh, and then for sure, building the Broncos, guys, by tomorrow night, There's there's going to be some stuff because you got the deadline. So, Look forward to that, and we can't wait to see you again Thursday night.
2: Have a great start to your week, y'all. We'll see you Thursday. Take care, and as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement.